Welcome back to our listeners. And this is the Boardroom for Women, where we empower and inspire you women entrepreneurs in a boardroom-like setting where you have those strategy sessions and idea generation. And a lot of that just comes from having conversations with other women. So we're here to deliver. I am your host, Lori Carice. And today we have with us Anna Rieger, founder of Fliplock. And we're going to talk a little bit today about a mompreneur's journey to creating school safety products. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, This could become an emotional conversation. I'll just put it out there because we talk about school safety, uh, especially as a parent myself now with two daughters, one in high school, one in middle school. Um, You know, it's for a decade been on our minds for sure that you know, school safety needs to be improved, um, needs to be bigger conversations, and just it needs to be a place of safety. So I know walking into this conversation with you, this is going to trigger a lot of emotion for our listeners, especially even for me. I'm going to try to hold back the tears. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to (laughs) happen. But, you know, we talked a little bit in the green room about this topic and I immediately grabbed the tissue and I know, you know, why I want to also have you on this story on this show is about mom entrepreneurs and their passions for starting a business, because that resonates so so much with me also as a 15 year entrepreneur and celebrating 15 years this month where I started my business with a baby in my arms and the same type of mission And I really always just feel like I have such a connection with other mom entrepreneurs. So tell me, tell us a little bit about you and how you got started as a mom entrepreneur. And then of course, the obvious inspiration for your product. Well, it started a long time ago, actually, if I have to go back to when my daughter was born, when I became, uh, I had my first daughter, she, uh, was a newborn and I was terrified that people were going to kiss her. Right. I was like, I don't want anybody to kiss her, but I didn't want to tell people like, don't kiss my baby. Right. Like that's kind of mean. So I've made this bib company back then she's 11. She'll be 12 this year. Uh, don't kiss the baby, you know, don't kiss the baby. And so it was bibs and I said, don't kiss the baby on it. So I started with the baby newborn basically in my arms and I just didn't want people to kiss her. And so it was me protecting her as a mom, right? In the beginning, it was germs and me being worried about those kind of things and not really wanting to tell people. And it's kind of a way to not tell people nicely. So I just made a bib company. And uh, that was kind of my first journey while as a mom. Prior to that, I was already in real estate and other companies and businesses. But as a mom, you have this whole different perspective of what you want to do for your kids. And the first thing is, how do we keep them safe? You know, how can we make them safe? How can we create things to make them safe? And so that was, you know, as she started to grow up. And like you said, you start thinking about them going to school. We have other kids. I have six kids. So five of my other children are stepchildren. And, you know, we're always concerned about their safety as they've grown up or as they've gone through school. But we're, you know, I was always thinking, you know, somebody's got a solution. Somebody's got a solution. And then we kept seeing, unfortunately, you know, tragedy after tragedy, you know, and then one day. I don't know, there was a, a a shooting situation in my area and I was so freaked out. And my daughter was in elementary and I said, mommy really needs to know like what happens when, if I ever get that call or that text, right? What's going on? What are you doing? And she said, oh, mommy, I got to run into the classroom, get against the wall, turn off the light, 
the teacher locks the door. And I thought, oh my gosh. I said, how do you know if the door is locked? And she said, oh, I, I don't know, mommy. My teacher does it. I said, okay, what happens if your teacher's not with you? What do you do then? And she said, um, I don't know, mommy. My heart dropped. I said, oh my God, like this is unacceptable. My kid has to know more than she can only be with one person who may or may not be there. She might've been in the restroom. She might've been somewhere. And that's really where this you know, mama bear, I guess you could say came out and was like, we really need to create something that my little girl can go and use. I don't want something that just the teacher can use because the teacher may or may not be in that classroom. And that's when I created my, you know, flip lock, but it was really something that was brought out intentionally. I wanted it to be red because I wanted the kids to know it's an emergency use device. I wanted when they flipped it and I wanted it to drop right away and lock, but then I wanted it to remind them what's the next action step in that situation. And it says call 911 because our kids aren't thinking they're panicking. They don't know what to do. I've seen the videos of kids recording things and, and not calling for help during those situations. And it just, it just really made me you know sick to think that if my daughter calls me and told me, actually, she's in elementary, she didn't have a phone, she still doesn't have a phone, I don't let her have a phone until she's 13, that's my personal preference on that, um, but, you know, I said, what do we do, and she said that all the kids, there was, it was just chaos for the kids, you know, they were scared, and I think as a mom, you think, you know, as I was developing, I was like, oh, you know, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, and then another one happened, and then another one happened, and then I just got like, oh my God, you know, this is, you know, even my husband and I were talking about it, this is over two years ago. And he was like, when the next one happens and my heart just hurt. And I said, I didn't want to believe it. You just want to ignore, like, this is not reality, right? It's not going to happen. And then Nashville, Uvalde, Uvalde just, I couldn't get out of bed for, I just didn't even want to get out of bed. You know, I was like, what do you like? I don't know. It was, it was too much for me. And then I knew I'm on the right path. I knew that our kids needed to have, it's not just the kids, it's the teachers, the parents. If your kid calls you and you, what's the only thing that you can do? You're in a room, they're on lockdown. Only thing we can do is say, is the door locked? The last thing I want to hear is, I don't know, mommy. I want to know that that door is locked because that's our only defense for our children. That's all we can do. We're not going to be there. We're not there at all to help them. And as a mom, it's just so terrifying to think that our kids have to live in this world that we never had to deal that. We ne I never had to deal with that. Being a kid that was like, I forgot my lunchbox today. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a bad day. Now, when I go to schools to talk to our people and we put them in schools and elementaries, the, the five-year-olds are aware, are very aware and they're scared and they're thinking, what are they going to do if there's a bad guy that comes into the school? And it's so heartbreaking to just think about our, our little babies that are worried about somebody coming in to hurt them while they're in school to have fun and learn. I mean, really, how can you focus on learning when you're worried about a bad person coming in to hurt you? You know? Yeah. Evaldi, I mean, I can't even... <sighs> I can't talk about that or I'm no, definitely no, going to break no. down just all the visuals of that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, they are all tragedies, but there's something about that, I, especially mm -hmm. of the mishandling, mm -hmm. but um, different topic, different story. Right. I mean, right. you know, absolutely. I get 
alerts. I started thinking about it with school. I had at least three, maybe even four notices from my kids' schools just last year on security concerns, I think, they is how they address it. And they tell you at four o'clock <laughs> at the end of the day as they're leaving, so your phones don't get flooded, what happened? And it's gotten to the point, I mean, after the first two, I called and what do you mean this happened? What do you mean some kid said, I'm going to shoot you or something, you know, and what do you mean, you know, what happens next? And then there's a, a lot of privacy protection for those families. Like you can't find out, well, I mean, I'm not asking who, but I would like to know what are the, that person's consequences? Are they returning to school tomorrow? You know? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've kind of asked a few questions. They can't tell you anything. Now it's in the hands of the sheriff's department. I'm like, okay, um, I feel very vulnerable, very, right. very vulnerable when I see those notifications that I'm being told about something, but we're not being uh, invited to more information or permitted to more information. And it's it's um, interesting. I'm part of a, I, I recently actually, I've been running my own business for 15 years, but mm -hmm. also being in the events industry, there was a lot of damage to my business because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've changed a lot of my business and I've really scaled back on the events clearly. And I'm more in broadcast, but with that experience, I've also taken on a new full-time job in media advertising, wonderful job perfect timing. My kids are getting a little older, but with that, I went to a chamber event. So I'm back to chamber events. And, um, and, um, I went to a chamber event and the speaker was actually the sheriff's department. She was, she female mm -hmm. captain. Wow. That empowering. Mm -hmm was speaking about safety in the business and it was business related conversation and it i couldn't help but kind of like raise my hand a little bit and said something about well what about our kids you know when she, and she's like yeah that that's a whole conversation i'd like to invite you to a town hall we're having tonight where we're actually going to have our j team there and we can talk more about that would you like to go and again, that was clearly like, read the room. Mm -hmm. We're not really talking about kids. We want to acknowledge your concern. Let's go have that conversation. I wasn't making a big fuss. A lot of people right. were kind of, you know, oh, kids and stuff. And so she invited everybody to the town hall to have those conversations. And I think that was, for me, very empowering too, is, you know, I stood in the hall with the J team asking as a mom, how can I help? What can I do to help? Are there any committees or boards? Can I attend some meetings? What can I do to help? I don't want to sit passively and just get these emails after the situation, ask my kids if they feel safe. How do we stop this? And you're, mm -hmm. what you're doing is helping take an action, knowing that this is its own pandemic. This is continuing here it in is. the United States. And you know, why yeah. here? I don't, I mean, it's it always... The conversation always turns to mental health and I'll be honest and, you know, people might not like what I'm going to say. Sometimes I resent that being thrown out there as the cause. And while I know it's part of it, there's a lot more things that our government needs to be doing. 
And I was going to ask you about that. Have you been, you said you go and you speak to schools. Have you been able to look into any kind of government funding or is there pushback? I mean, what kind of conversations have you had with schools? So with schools in, so in Illinois, believe it or not, they've gotten us, they're approved on the fire, the safety, that every Illinois school board is off pro for putting secondary locks inside the classrooms because it's not about just putting them on the exterior doors. As you know, sometimes these people are already on the campus in school. We need to be able to secure each classroom so that there's, you know, protects each kid as many kids as we can in that short a period of time is really what I'm advocating for. And so with the schools, they've, you know, a lot of it is funding. So in Illinois, they've, they've gotten things and they're moving to get more into their schools in Texas, it's been a little difficult, unfortunately, as, as sad as it is for me to say, because it is my state, it is my hometown, and it's where I was born, um, that we're not, you know, the funding has to be, you know, through certain avenues, and we're waiting for funding to be approved. And I believe the government governor just approved a lot for school safety funding, and then they'll allocate how that looks, according to whatever the government, the TEA, Texas Education Association, regulate on that as far as what they say, you know, does it need to be fencing outside the parameter? Does it need to be, you know, whatever that looks like for the schools, for the state. So for them, it's been, it's that. And so I'm hoping that we get some secondary locking language into Texas legislation, because I think it's important that we put those secondary locks inside the classroom, where not just one person has access to use it, which in most cases is a teacher, because I believe that we need to empower everyone in that classroom. If we have 20 kids, we should not make the pressure. First of all, it's pressure on one teacher to have to be the end all be all to secure a whole classroom. The other thing is, is we don't know if that teacher is going to go into action. You know, they may freeze. You don't know how people are going to react, but I guarantee you if there's 10 or 20 kids in a classroom and they know exactly what to do, they will absolutely go into action. Our kids were very smart and they will do it. And so I think it's time that we advocate for secondary locks in each classroom that our children can use. And people will ask, you know, what about if somebody locks it? We have an unlocking mechanism so you can unlock it from the outside so that emergency personnel and things like that can get in. But this is more about empowering the children so that they can go back to being children in a classroom and no longer focused on the door. And schools I know are really working towards getting funding for the government is giving grants and giving a lot of funding out right now in Texas. I know Boston is working on a lot of stuff too, because I'm up there with them and uh, different states, Florida, California has some too. We're working with a lot of different states to get uh, secondary locks, our locks or somebody's lock in for each school. But our locks can be placed at an ADA compliant height. That means somebody in a wheelchair can actually use it too. And I think that's super important that people on crutches or wheelchairs or whatever that may be, have the same access to be able to lock the door like everybody else. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's not just the secondary lock that I'm advocating for. I really want to, I'm advocating for standardization of the active threat drill. Why? Because if it's a fire, it's a fire. I could be in your state. You could be in my school. It doesn't matter where you are in the United States. You know what that alert is and you know exactly what action to go into, right? Get out of the building. It's an alert. It's a bail. It's an alarm. We all know what to do. But if my kid goes to your kid's school and it could be in the same city, it could be in the same district, 
they may or may not know what to do because the alerts are different. The, the, they might not have an app or they might not have this or they might not have that. It should be standard. As far as I'm concerned, if it's a fire, it's a fire. It's the same thing with an emergency alert. We absolutely need to standardize it in the United States because everyone everywhere should know what to do. And I mean, this, like you said, you were talking to somebody in a business conference and you asked about, you know, you asked them about what do you do for our kids? It's the same thing. People in offices need a standard procedure. People in, we're in a restaurant. What do we do if somebody's in a, in a mall and they're shooting on the other side of the mall? How are we supposed to know? There's no alert for that. There's nothing that the public people will know to do because there's nothing set up for us that way. And to me, that's unacceptable as a mom, as a parent, as an American citizen in the United States of America, one of the greatest countries in the world, I believe that we can do better for our children, for our citizens, for our teachers, for our parents, for all of us. We should all have that one thing. And I truly believe that if we get enough moms, parents together, that we can make a change. And that's really what I'm advocating for, because that to me is a game changer. If we have a situation where we have a unique alert and everybody knows what action to go into, which is putting, as far as I'm concerned, a secondary lock in other rooms where people can protect themselves, giving people ways to get out of the line of fire. I think it would mitigate a lot of these people coming in to do that because then it's not so chaotic. People know where to go. People know what to do. It gives them a plan of action. But when people don't know, it creates chaos. It creates confusion. And then it creates a lot of casualties, unfortunately. And that's really what I'm pushing for. I really, truly believe that we can make a difference. And we got to start with the parents, the PTAs, PTOs, like you said, the sheriff's departments, people that can really make a difference. I appreciate your passion. I actually, I want to ask you, like, how can I help? Again, same with <laughs> what I did with the captain. And, and you know, I think that conversation had to do with something about putting in um, security cameras throughout businesses and stuff like that. And I think that's when I raised my hand and said, well, what about schools and stuff like that? Um, so, I mean, you're even work. so you're work, you are working with the government. You, you I are am advocating. I am advocating. I'm in Texas mostly right now. I have people in Boston that are doing the same kind of helping, like, because that's what everybody that I've talked to really, how can I help? Talk to your local politicians, talk to your decision makers. If we get enough people on board with this, then we can make change, right? Um, I'm a mom. I'm concerned for my kids' safety. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but really I'm a mom. And as a mom, I don't want to see more moms losing their babies because you sent them to school. I mean, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's, it's not, and it's not going away. So we, I can, I could have, I took a choice, right? I could have ignored it and said, oh, this is not going to happen to me. This is not going to do, this is not. But I also made a real conscious decision to say, you know what? This is something I truly believe in. This is something that I feel I need to get out up front in front of this and I need to speak and I need to be our kids voice and I need to speak for those people that don't have a voice, which is our children. I need to speak also for, for teachers. Teachers need, they did not sign up for this. They need the tools to be able to feel safe while they are in school with the children that they are there's there to teach. Now they're there to protect. How can we make that job easier for them? And that's why I did what I did. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why flip lock is important to me. It's not, you know, me having this product. I have other businesses. This is something that I believe 
that will save lives. I truly believe that this will save lives. I truly believe that this will help with the teachers not wanting to leave and retire early because what are we going to do without our teachers? We have to make them feel empowered as well. If the teacher has a device on the door that they can see that they know that will protect that classroom, they can go back to being teachers. It's the same for the students. And how can what can we do to help that? What can we do to give our kids where they don't feel like they're in a prison? You don't want your kids to feel like they're in a prison, but you want them to feel like they have a tool that they can be empowered to go into action. And they need to know what that action is. And it's simple as in my case, shutting the door, flipping the lock, it drops, it locks. It's so simple. And it's just as simple to open. And I think that that's super important. And it's red. So now they see this big red thing. Go back to being a student. Let's not. And as a mom, oh, I know you have that in there. Guess what? I know that if something happens, you know, from anywhere in that classroom, the door is locked because it says locked really big when it's locked. So any kid can tell their parent it's locked. Mom, I'm on lockdown. Uh, is the door locked? The, yes, the door is locked. We have a flip lock. That's that's my goal to make kids feel safe and to help them feel safe. This thing holds over 2,100 pounds of pressure because I had it pressure tested because I want to make sure it's going to do what it's going to do. I give a lifetime warranty on it. Why? Because I think schools should not have to buy something over and over and over. I think it's important that they have a one-time buy because it's really about the safety of the children. That's the goal. Is this a universal product? I'm thinking movie yeah. theaters. It's everywhere. You can use it anywhere. And I have a home version. The home version, I'll be on QVC in August, I believe. That's doing great. This is my mission project. The school one is really oh, a labor of love. It's right. a labor of love for me. I mean, I am flying everywhere. Any school district that wants me to come present, I'll get on a plane and I'll go and fly and meet them because it's that important to me doing podcasts like this. It's so important to me to get the word out. How can I be a bigger voice than just mom in Houston, Texas, trying to make a difference, right? I think I can align myself with other women, other mompreneurs, other dads even that want to make a difference. And we can together make change because I believe that change doesn't happen with one person. I believe change happens with a lot of people on the same mission with the same goal in mind. And what is our goal? I, doesn't, I don't care what political side you are. Do you have kids on this side? Do you have kids on this side? Do you want to keep them safe? Because that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to keep our babies safe while they're at school as a mom. And that's all I'm asking. That's it. Whatever that looks like for anybody. That's all I care about. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's I the truth. It is. It, and it is, you do have to, rem you do have to remove politics and, yes. and your upbringing on, you know, yes, right. yeah. I mean, I was brought up just worried about earthquakes we had earthquake drills you know <laughs> oh, i can't wow. even imagine having the one where you cram into a corner you know that wasn't our, ours was like stop drop roll for a fire right. and just get under the desk for an earthquake because in case glass was breaking behind you mm -hmm. wow. um it's incredible what society is like now and mm -hmm. clearly it's possibly a more effective path to not accept it, but accept and create systems like yours to help prevent um, more destruction rather than how do we make it go away? Like, right. you know, it's unfortunately we've seen that this is not stopping. It's escalating. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hear about all the incidents. Some of the news networks claim you know it's not a mass shooting unless three or more so when the one 
person is shot, we're not hearing about these things. Or kids are bringing guns to school. We're not hearing about it because they don't want to glamorize it. I mean, I've had so many people tell me when I talk to people, you know how many, like you said, how many texts I got about this alert, about that alert. And it's just, it's heart wrenching for us, you know, but I also don't want to become numb to the fact that, okay, now we're on the fifth alert. Is this real? You know, because that also can happen. And in that, what gets lost is our children being able to feel safe in school for us, having them feel safe in school and for our teachers feeling safe in school, because I think those are the most important factors right now. And I really don't want to see our children leaving school. I think it's so important for our kids to have that group where they can go and bond and be with. We saw it with COVID when they didn't have that. And for me, it was very difficult. My daughter was little, uh, nine, eight, and it was really hard because that was her friends and she didn't get to do that. And, you know, and I think that we saw that it's not good for kids to not be, to be isolated and not be out with their friends in public schools or private, whatever school system that is, but, but parents are scared. And so now they're going back and private schooling. And and that's fine. You know, everybody has their idea of what works for their family. I get it, you know, but I just don't want to take it away from all the kids where they're so scared that then you have children that really don't want to go out and socialize because they're scared of what could happen. And also how sweet is it when you ask a little three or four or five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a teacher. You know, you still want them to have those like you know, ideas of, you know, what teaching is and helping people. And, you know, it's been unfortunately reframed a little bit of they need to be part of a security process as well. Um, When you're talking about your daughter, how old is your daughter? Now she's 11. Okay. My daughter is 12. So because the, the, the stage we're talking about, I feel, oh, that age mm-hmm. group really struggled with the pandemic. My daughter was yes. taken out of her classroom in the third grade mm-hmm. and returned. Um, they had about six weeks of fourth grade back in the classroom, which was hybrid because they were really just trying to get kids to, you know, feel it out again. But the first three months at least of fifth grade was a lot less about education, more about social socialization. And my younger daughter definitely was impacted way more than my older daughter. My older mm-hmm. daughter could have done like homeschool for good in bed. You know, she was <laughs> yeah. fine. She was in middle school and yeah. she's kind of fortunate. She didn't have the horrible middle school experience. Usually as we have, it's like, I look back on my days of school and like, oh, middle school sucked. That's when you're going through so <laughs> many changes in your friends and just, ugh, it's icky. Um, uh, anyway, she, yeah, she had a little bit of seventh grade and a little bit of, or a little bit of sixth grade and a little bit of eighth grade and went right into high school. But yeah, that one age group, I really think they struggled so much. And, and I do feel the schools have handled it well. I think Mm -hmm. only now in the last maybe six months, I feel like she's kind of pulled through it, Mm -hmm. you know, because she had a lot of friendship troubles and she did have a lot of anxiety. She was one of like three kids at her elementary school graduation outdoors that was still wearing a mask. Wow. She just yeah. carried a lot of anxiety. Right. She she wore the mask longer than anybody else in the family. I let her do it, you know, when yeah. she was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I that. fought and then I thought of myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I do that to my poor kid? Because I had the news on all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, then you blame yourself. But you had this mm-hmm. conversation. I, I had to be aware. We all had right. to be aware. Right. We were living right. in this very uncertain time. And 
you are also contributing to uncertainties with solutions instead of standing up and complaining. Right. You know, you're doing something about it. And I really appreciate that. And I'm going to talk to you offline, see how I can be of help. Uh, For our podcast listeners, of course, I'm going to put links in our show notes of how to connect with you. Uh, See if there's also solutions on how to bring change. I'm sure you are a huge resource on um, communities to be involved in. And of course, to support your product. For radio only listeners, what's the best way to connect with you? Become an advocate. Check out the product. Fliplock.com. That's F-L-I-P-L-O-K.com. I have an Instagram, Anna Regal official, fliplock.usa. Um, I have a change.org document. I'll send you the link. It's for standardization of active threat drills, secondary locks in the school, and more resources for mental health in schools. Um, as those are just three things that I think are always come up. Um, and so I put those in there for try to make some changes. And what I appreciate about this conversation also, and while this segment is called the boardroom for women to, you know, help support women entrepreneurs. Um, I think the message that I'm seeing also with you is you have a passion project alongside of your business and, you know, your other businesses definitely about revenue streams and, and business building. And while this I'm sure has some layers of that as well, you decided to also use your platform and your knowledge as an entrepreneur to do something about something that you were passionate about for the community. And I really appreciate that. And I hope that message, you know, it goes out to other women who are developing their business. Like, you know, how, is there a mission alongside, you know, I think, I think the millennial generation, I, I, when I think of you, I think of Shark Tank a lot. I'm kind of <laughs> wondering, it's, I don't know why I don't, I don't know if you've I been on you. or if you've tried, but it's like, this is something for you. Um, but I think, you know, I remember one of the sharks saying that generation millennial is also very passionate about aligning a mission to their business. Right. You know, I think that, that sock company, I can't remember the name of the sock, but everybody will think of it where they donate a pair of socks to homelessness for every purchase, right. you know? So if you have a business you, and it's successful, use that knowledge to help someone who has a passion project if you're unable to take it on your own and maybe that's connecting with Anna here use your voice ladies so Anna thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us today thank you for having me I appreciate everyone being here today too thank you and you've been listening to the boardroom for women